Our friend Pete over at Summer Pops once said to me, quote, when school leaders are able to gather as a community and freely discuss issues and strategies, it can only have a positive impact on maintaining successful schools. And Will, I love watching schools succeed, end quote. You know, Summer Pops Math Workbooks sells thousands of workbooks every year. That's thousands of students returning to the classroom every fall, better prepared and more confident in their math skills. And Pete wanted to reach out and ask you, this leadership community, to help raise that number to tens of thousands of students a year. I have seen the Summer Pops workbooks, and they are worth a look. And it's a free look. If you're interested in Summer math workbooks, or you're just curious, visit summerpopsworkbooks.com and request your free samples today. Principal Matters Podcast, episode 364. Hi, friends. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast, where each week we bring inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership I'm back this week with my co-host, Jen Schwanke, author, leader from Dublin City Schools. Jen, how are you? It's good to see you again. Uh, It's always good to see you, Will, and I'm in a good mood, and you are in a good mood. We're going to have a great episode. I think we are. (laughs) We're going to talk about this week, uh, not missing out on your best kept secrets. And I just want to tell folks on the front end, for longtime listeners, you know I'm a storyteller. And anyone who may be discovering this show, um, I can either uh, welcome you to listen to my stories or uh, ask your forgiveness for how rambling I can become. But I asked Jen today, Jen, can I have permission to start with a story? And I want to use this story as a platform for application to our work. So Jen, is it okay if I just jump right in? Jump in. Let's do it. So this past summer, um, my son Jack and I, we headed out to the panhandle of Oklahoma for some dad and son time. And and I love summers because it finally gives you a chance to get away. And for the last couple of years, Jack has been asking to go to a part of the state called the Black Mesa area where Oklahoma has its highest point. It's like, and this is a very flat state. So our highest point is 4,731 feet above sea level. But in the panhandle, if you've never been there before, you're, you were talking, you know, open sky, prairie lands. It's a pretty monotonous landscape. And so I have to admit, I was not excited about traveling out to the prairie with Jack, but I love my son and this was something he wanted to do. And I looked online and we found a place to stay a bed and breakfast that was literally 40 or 50 miles from any town. And so when we got out to that area, um, I was overwhelmed with its beauty. Um, The Black Mesa Prairie Reserve has 1700 acres of land. And you really do feel like you've walked back into a Western cowboy movie. And um, so the, the first full morning we were there, we did a long hike. It was about four miles to get to this place that's considered the highest point. And the family that we stayed with, the, the, the rancher who's lived there his entire life told me, when you get to the highest point, don't stop. Just keep walking to the Western edge of that summit and you'll be really surprised. So Jack and I made our way up this this area in this area is like full of, you know, these, um, these mountains that are like buttes where they're, the, the tops are flat. Um, and, the, and then the valleys are just full of tall grass. And as we walked up this area, it was, Jen, it was just so beautiful. Um, the whole area was, uh, um, 
just humming with sound, songbirds and, and uh, grasshoppers. And But when we get to the top of this summit, we decided to keep on walking. And it took us about 1,200 more feet to get to the western edge of the summit. And suddenly we were just overwhelmed with this panoramic view of this long green valley. And when I mean long green valley, I'm talking about imagine below you this sea of green and the bushes and cedars are just tiny little dots. And the, and the fences are ribboning, you know, along these dusty filled roads. And if you see cows, they're so far away, they look like ants crawling on this green canvas. And the sky was just a brilliant blue. And the wind was just gusting. And we finally had to like, we, we got in some rocks and we laid down just to escape the wind for a while. And it was, Jen, it was just a moment I'm never going to forget. But as we were walking back, um, we, I was just reminding Jack that one of the, um, most important things to do, especially when you're walking an area that's so open uh, and it doesn't have majestic mountains or huge lakes, it's is to don't forget to look down um, and 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 be aware of your surroundings. And as we as we were walking that trail together, I noticed Jack's ability to just stop and and pause and and look. And so I wanted to start there because when I think about our work as educators. And I'm writing these thoughts as people are just right in the middle of school. Um, we know that an average school year consists of anywhere between 175 or 190 days, depending on where you live and how much time you have with staff. Um, or if you're a 10-month employee or a 12-month employee, we know the seasons that mark the start and the ends of our terms. We know that sometime this year, someone's going to want to retire or resign, or we're going to have to post a job. We know that we're going to have to reserve space in our calendars for um, end of semester ceremonies and activities. We know these things, but the question is, as we're traveling this journey of expected events that we already can anticipate are happening, are we being careful to, and I'm going to put these in categories, are we being careful to walk the land we've been given to look down at the things that are right in front of us to observe the patterns that are happening around us so that we can really be in the moment of our service. So Jen, I know that's Will telling a story and trying to make an application here that may or may not work, but I wanted to start there because I, I would like to just ask you to reflect with me on how does that actually look in our work? How can we not miss out on the best kept secrets that are also in our schools? Right. And I, I love that story. I think the part that stuck out to me too, was when you had to get away from the wind. Mm -hmm. I think there's some profound symbolism there too. Like there's times that you need to duck <laughs> and, and, and take stock of what's wearing you down, what's exhausting you and so on. So there's that piece too. So let's dive into some of the questions for reflection that mm -hmm. you, you put along with this. So um, do you, do you want to read? Yeah, I, okay, I will. So so I, I want to ask you, when you think about the landscape of your school and you're walking that landscape, um, when are you walking the landscape of your school, looking at it from the eyes of your students? And I'll give you an example. If I'm stepping into a commons area, am I looking just across the faces of students because I'm trying to monitor safety? Or am I searching for someone who maybe is sitting alone and needs connection? And so let's go there first, Jen. What are some ways that we can be watching and looking at our school from the eyes of our kids? I think this is a, 
a really important skill to develop. I don't think it necessarily comes naturally, but you do. You have to take off your principal lens or your teacher's lens and put on a student lens. And so I always think about the 18 million hours I spent at lunch duty over the course of my career, um, looking for the kids sitting alone, but also maybe looking at the at the table that's, um, if you were, were looking as a principal, you might see, oh, they're getting a little too feisty. I better go tell them to quiet down. Well, why? What is it that's bringing the excitement or the energy or the um, the moment where they might bully somebody? Or, you know, what is it that's that it feels like? And how can you, as a principal or a teacher in that moment, as you reflect on that landscape, how can you make a connection? Um, might be a simple smile, might be a shoulder squeeze, might be a high five, might be a, hey, tell me what, what you all are thinking right now. Um, it might be a moment to make a really important connection as you look across that landscape. I agree. So let's take this to another setting. Um, how are you stepping into the middle of any kind of student group? It could be a classroom. It could be a hallway jammed with kids. It could be the middle of an assembly. But stepping into it with the perspective of what can I discover about my kids while I'm in the middle of this? Right. And tell me that, I'm going to toss this one back to you mm -hmm. because I, I have a thought, but it's not fully formed. When you, you know, all of your years at a high school, tell me about those moments and when you, when you stepped into a space jammed with students, mm -hmm. what are some things, I don't want our listeners to say, okay, that sounds nice, but what am I looking for? Yeah. Well, let to, me be specific. Yeah. And that, I love that question, Jen. Um, gosh. Okay. Before I answer the question, I have to tell a story. Um, so when I was in college, I had a scholarship as a resident advisor. And one of the responsibilities we had in, for the scholarship was we were supposed to like, and this was kind of silly, but it taught me some skills. We had to submit a weekly report based on the area of the campus that we were responsible for. And part of that report was to identify anything going on in the buildings or the atmosphere that needed like repairs or maybe something that was being missed by landscaping or whatever. And it was just a way for I'm sure for us to have some accountability for receiving these scholarships. But what it did for me was it it made me actually walk around differently. I wasn't just like on my way to class now. I was actually on my way to class looking for ways to improve what I was seeing on my way to class. And I think about that same thing when I'm walking into groups of kids and in, into the school setting. What are you looking for? And so I'll give you some examples. Perhaps you're looking for the faces of kids that you saw the night before in activities that you could tell them good job in that game. Or maybe you're also looking for the faces of kids who you can identify might be in distress and might need someone who can just stop them for a second and ask, hey, are you doing okay? Or is everything all right today? Or maybe you are listening in and you hear a conversation of something that really raises a red flag for you. And that happens. So you can be walking right in the middle of hundreds of kids and you can hear a comment or a conversation happening between two people that you're like, ooh, red flag. Somebody's in danger, somebody's threatening, or somebody's concerned. And then that gives you an opportunity when you're back to your office to maybe pull in some conversations or alert a counselor or a teacher leader or so, or someone else or have a conversation with a parent. And so listening for those conversations, looking for the faces of kids, it's not simply a matter of getting from point A to point B. It's a matter of 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 being in the landscape of your school and looking for those things that alert you to what's happening with your kids and with your community. 
Right. And, you know, you might find a question that, um, to, that will start a conversation that seems really innocuous, but it's helpful. I used to walk up to kids and say, Hey, you look stressed out. Is there something going on? And they might say, no, I'm fine. Or they might say, oh my gosh, yes. Cause you know, stress is a, is a term that we all use. Yeah. And so it can be a, a quick door opener. So, um, oh, I, I want to I give an example of a principal I saw do this the other day, Jen, cause I was walking a school with an elementary principal and well, actually it was a K-8 school. And so she was walking down the hallway when a group of maybe sixth graders came by and there was a boy and I heard her, I saw, I saw her watching and I heard her say to him his name. And she said to him, Hey, what kind of day are you having? And she held her thumb up like this. And he did his thumb down mm. and sideways, like down and sideways. And he didn't say any words. And she said, Oh, that, that sounds like you might be having, um, a, a tough day. So I'm going to follow up with you later. Okay. And he just right. nodded. He right. just nodded. And so there she was in her landscape with me, walking me through a tour of the school, but she didn't miss a second connecting right. with that boy exactly. and recognizing he might need a conversation. Well, and I, I think that these moments, these times, hallways, um, assemblies, lunch, they're such a good opportunity to, to do a couple of other things, believe it or not jam-packed hallways were when I love to give informal positive feedback for teachers. I've talked about this before. I would say, thank you for always be, being present in the hallway or while wow, you're help, you're doing a great job helping control this mass amount of people or um, thank you so much for always being Johnny on the spot when we need you. Just those quick sen sentences to connect with teachers. And I feel like those moments are the or are such a chance to give authentic, uplifting feedback and to lift the energy in the room just by being glad to be there. Um, I, I remember one moment I spoke with a teacher who was in the hallway and he was always mad. He was, he seemed like he was always mad because he wanted more structure to how students were released and dismissed. And I decided to try and change his mind. And so I would go up to him and I'd say, listen, I know you hate that this is chaos, but I really appreciate you still being part of it. Um, and over time, he began to joke with me about the times of chaos. And he said to me, I, you're right. I hate chaos, but I recognize that that's what it has to be when we let 800 people walk out of five different, you know, only five doors. It is chaos. I'm trying to embrace it. And so they can be opportunities for you to connect even with people who don't love that moment or that setting or that environment. Support for Principal Matters comes from DigiCoach and it's walk through tool. When Kathleen Beckham was a district director, she would walk through classrooms and see teachers engaging students in learning or observe elements missing in their instruction. And her biggest challenge was finding the time to give those teachers meaningful and helpful feedback that they would value as coaching and not correction. In the past, Kathleen spent hours in follow-up email exchanges after informal walkthroughs. But that all changed when she discovered DigiCoach. She now has a tool that can help her send immediate feedback from her phone or her tablet. DigiCoach is a fully customizable tool created by school leaders for school leaders to not only collect walkthrough data, but also ensure every teacher receives ongoing support, feedback, and coaching. It features thousands of pre-written research-based commendations and coaching tips 
that can be included along with your own observation comments and a follow-up email ensuring all teachers receive effective and timely support. Are you ready to make the most of your walkthroughs with a tool that saves you time and enhances meaningful feedback to your teachers? Go to digicoach.com to learn more and please tell them Principal Matters recommended you check them out. That's digicoach.com. Support for Principal Matters is sponsored by Aptigy. Aptigy powers the identity of thousands of school districts across the U.S. They help superintendents market their district brand. And now Aptigy has rolled out Rooms, which is a powerful tool for principals and teachers to better engage families. Rooms is a two-way communication and messaging tool integrated directly with your school app. Rooms has parent-teacher messaging translations, classroom announcements, and even PBIS behavioral tools. When you visit aptigy.com backslash rooms, you'll see how they make it incredibly easy for you to improve family engagement within your school. Chat with Aptigy and book a time to learn how they can help you onboard families and provide ongoing training for teachers with rooms. Learn more at aptigy.com backslash rooms, and tell them you heard about it first from Principal Matters. I'm going to tell another story, Jen. Will, you're on fire. It's like well, Will's story hour. I love it. Somebody thinks. So I, I'm going to just give a shout out to one of my former principals. Um, her name is Donna Brogan. She's retired and she was a mentor of mine for so many years. And as a young AP, I remember watching her the first time I was at the school where we worked together, watching her um, work with high school seniors preparing for, uh, for graduation ceremony. And it was the most unorthodox setting I had ever been in because instead of just like I've seen in a lot of settings, administrators or teachers militantly giving kids orders of everything that's going to happen for you to make this successful before she went down the protocols believe it or not, she set the norms. She actually <laughs> got the, the mic out and she said to them, I'm, I have a, an agenda for what we're going to be doing today. But before we go through that agenda, is there anything that I want to make sure I'm hearing from you that you want to make sure is included as a part of this experience in graduation? And kids started raising their hands and, and suggesting things or asking for things. And some of which she knew would not work within the agenda. Others of which she was like, that's a really good idea. I think it would work with in this area of our schedule. So, and I remember, and I'm not going to name any names of my friends because we were fellow assistants standing in the back. And I remember standing in the back and we were critiquing this moment. You know, we were like, oh, what is she doing? Oh my gosh. What, why is she, this is going to be chaos. Oh, why are we taking so long listening to these students when we could already be on schedule? And so here we are standing back there, you know, quarter, you know, armchair quarterbacking this right. moment. But what I saw happen in the outcome of that was that by the time they went through rehearsals and got to the night of graduation, those kids were like lockstep committed, so happy to be there. So proud of the moment. And it was the first time I had ever attended a high school graduation where I can't remember a hiccup in the evening. And, and so that atmosphere of let's do this together with input. And again, I'm not saying that works in every setting. I've been to graduations when kids, when there's, you know, 1500 kids graduating, it's going to be a different conversation than when there's 600 kids graduating. But um, so, or when there's 
a hundred kids graduated. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or 60. Um, and so, but what I'm saying is that she was, she took time to not miss out on the importance of that moment. She took time to not um, miss out on what was staring her right in the face, which is this graduation is actually about these kids. Right. So let's hear right. from these kids, what they want. for the it's, a, it's a beautiful story. And, and that brings us to another reflective uh, point we wanted to make, which is, um, and this is yours and I love it. The, you asked, are you pausing outside of another classroom to catch the voices of good instruction or be swept away by the chorus of singing voices or instruments? And this really spoke to me because I remember one, one year, um, I went out and again, this was when I was an elementary principal and I went out to recess and I was, I stood very, very, very still. And I just listen, I forced myself to listen. And the sounds of children jumping, laughing, dancing. I remember hearing the swipe of a jump rope on the asphalt. And I took out my phone and I recorded the noise, the sounds. And then I went back in my office and I probably got caught up with 50 things I needed to do. And then later that afternoon, I listened to it. So I was out of context, right? And I just listened to the sounds of children the sounds of joy, the sounds of birds chirping. And I was just swept away by the privilege and the joy and the gratitude of this job. And I actually posted it on Instagram. I was much better about Instagram then. And I said, just listen. That was my caption. Just listen. And I got a lot of people who said to me, wow, I, you know, you forget how much sound speaks to the purpose of what you're doing. You know, one of the other school sounds that brings me such joy as a parent, as a school leader, as a teacher, does every school bus breaks squeak? <laughs> I think they do. And I, um, I, as a parent, that school bus pulls up to my house and gets my child and gets her safely to school. As a principal, 16 buses line up and those brakes squeak and then they all roar to life and they take these children home safely. It to me is one of the miracles of public education, of any education. Mm -hmm. That sound, I would encourage principals to pull out your phone, record that sound and then listen to it later. Um, you know, th that's what we're doing here. We're getting children, we're getting students, we're bringing them to us and we are giving them the education and the start that they need for the rest of their lives. And those squealing breaks, it's a noise that just, it fills me. It, it's, it's a mechanical squeaky ear piercing sound, but it just makes me happy. Jen, my heart is so full, just um, walking into those moments with you, but I'm going to be the administrator right now that's listening to you and me, who's in the middle of oh a crappy yeah, day or right. a hard morning or maybe after school on the way home. And they're just like, give me a break, Will and Jen. Right. When am I supposed to like be in these moments when I have an overwhelming a number of phone calls to make students to see student behaviors, teacher behaviors, chronic craziness happening on social media. And so I just want to speak to those listeners right now and just tell you, yes, you have every reason in the world to be, on a daily basis and sometimes from minute to minute, overwhelmed with intense situations that sometimes no one else sees. And so choosing, choosing to be aware of all of these things that are happening around you while at the same time managing chaos and putting out challenges, it's not easy. And it doesn't just happen because Jen and I are asking you 
to be optimistic or to have a positive outlook. I, I want to be really clear, Jen, that um, that this mindset is um, is framed within the reality of a hard job. But I'm afraid that if we don't recognize that within the reality of a hard job, there's also beauty happening at the same time, then we go home with only the baggage of the difficulties and not the celebrations of the beautiful. Well, exactly. And yes, I recognize that what we're saying might bring eye rolls and people are thinking, oh, gross, come on, stop it. But I I argue that if you don't stop to find some joy, you know, even if you have to scrape it out from underneath piles of dirt and worms, you have to scrape it out because here's the thing. Those nasty emails are still going to be there. Whether you enjoy a few minutes of of bus break squealing or not, they're still going to be there. The um, hateful people, the complicated questions, the um, facilities that bring, you know, give you a headache, that's all going to be there. And so you might as well try to find those moments of joy. And, um, you know, I've always been an exhausting, annoying optimist. I do know that. But I also know that I love my job and I spend a lot of time, um, pretty happy. And and I do think, you know, I, I've talked before about how I have really dark times. Um, you know, mm-hmm. February is always a dark time for me. March is always a dark time time. I physically and emotionally respond to weather patterns. I know everybody does, but I, I really struggle those some certain times of year. And those are the times where if I were listening to this episode, I'd be like, Oh, please. But I need the reminder too. I need to remember keep looking, keep working for the good, good times. And then I rely on my people. I will say to people, you know, I'm in my dark time. What is it that I love about this job? <laughs> and then that might be a, a time where a, an assistant or a administrative assistant or a secretary might say, well, you, you love bus duty. You love those breaks. Ha ha ha. Um, and, and bring a little bit of laughter, even almost making fun of the things that bring me down. And this is going to be a a reference to which I can't cite the source, but you and I both love to read. And I was, and maybe you'll remember this quote, but I was reading a story um, several years ago of a Holocaust survivor and his descriptions of the brutality, the deprivation, the starvation, the inhumanity of standing outside in the cold, waiting for morning orders before they could even obtain some barely anything to eat to get them through the day. And there was a, in the, in the concrete um, uh, area where they were all standing as prisoners, he caught a glimpse of a flower coming up in the crack of a concrete of the concrete. And he was overwhelmed with gratitude and just, just, just by the, by the small token of the beauty of creation in the middle of such horrible um, suffering. And, and there's been so much research done, Jen, about, people who have survived really difficult situations and how their hope and their ability to be present really provides them with a a mental and an emotional strength that maybe some other people um, were not gifted with, or maybe some other people weren't aware of, or maybe if some other people had been able to foster that same kind of awareness might have provided them just a little bit extra um, support through the hard times. I've never met a school leader who's ever had to suffer in the nth degree, like people who've been in those kinds of situations. But I do know that in the work that we do, um, 
and you and I work with a lot of education heroes, uh, there, there is a lot of trauma you manage and crisis you manage and difficulties that you manage. And this is why leadership is so hard. If everybody could do it, everybody would be the principal, right? Uh, but, they're not, but they're not. It takes a very unique person to answer that calling. And so I, that's why I wanted to go here today, Jen. And so as we're wrapping up, I just want to remind leaders, um, as Jen and I have tried to share glimpses w- with you of those things that can be so important as you're walking the land of your school, as you're looking down and looking around for the qualities, as you're looking for the patterns of things that are happening around you, it helps you to be in the moment and it helps you to remember why you do what you do. Right. Right. Exactly. I'm really glad that um, you brought this up as a topic today. I think we went pretty deep, but I also think we had some fun. I do too. Well, Jen, I'm going to share one other memory with you as, um, as we say goodbye. So just because I, this is something I don't want to forget, but as Jack and I were walking back from that beautiful valley and we were stepping back into the tall grass, which is kind of the quote unquote boring area. Right. Um, we stopped for a minute and and we just said, let's just stand here for a little bit and just be quiet. And I want you to imagine um, a chorus of like nighttime insects that were transported into the day. And they're just setting all over these prairie grasses and there's birds flitting from like cactus to cedar branches and grasshoppers leaping across the pathways by our feet and like these flowing grasses and yucca plants. And at one point the wind was whipping across the stems of these grasses, like, and they were like folding in front of us, like golden threads, you know, like the heads were like small wheat shimmering in the, in the sunlight. And and like the, the sunlight was hitting each, top like little yellow dots of light on each stem like so there were like millions of dancing rhythmic surges of undulating waves in front of us and i only remember those details because i when we got back i wrote it down because i was like this is one of those moments i don't want to forget because it's just so beautiful and, and, and so leaders it, right? i just so, <laughs> yeah that's it that's, <laughs> like that's what emotional. it is that's yeah it's all that's what it's all about right yeah, I'm getting emotional just describing it, but I just want to, just like Jen, you took that moment on the playground to just capture that moment. Um, today, leaders, whatever you're doing, take a minute to watch a room full of kids. Take a minute to step in the middle of of what's going on in classrooms. Take a minute to pause at the edge of a classroom and remember that this journey that you're on is one that's hard but beautiful. And as you walk the land and you look down and you observe the patterns of your school, don't forget that what you do matters. And, and so you Jen, know what? Yeah, I'm go gonna, ahead. No, I'm going to interrupt to add one more sentence and then tell someone mm. just, just like you did for us, Will, I think this moment had such a profound effect on you and, and the recess sounds might had a, had a perfect, tell someone so they can share it with you and remind you of it later. You said, well, I don't want to forget this, you know? And so by telling it, by sharing it with the universe, you won't, and you might inspire someone else. So find those moments and then share them. Okay. Well, now I'll let you close us up. Well, Jen Schwanke, <laughs> what a fun, it was I, can't fun. Believe, I can't believe yeah. we get to do this. I know. And Principal Matters listeners, I can't believe that you are on this journey with us. And so would you take time to reach out and let us know if um, your thoughts on the shows that we're hosting, questions that you may have that we could answer together, um, guests who you might recommend that we bring together to share with with uh, this audience. But I just want to thank you for the work that you're doing. I know that listeners can stay connected with you, Jen, at jenschwanke.com and at my website at williamdparker.com. And if you're interested in any of the 
keynotes or the presentations or the work that Jen and I do with schools outside of our own communities, then please reach out. We'd love to connect with you. But until next time, thanks for doing what matters. Thanks, everyone. You can find free resources like this one at my website at williamdparker.com. Check out the services link on williamdparker.com to learn more about leadership academies, mastermind offerings, and executive coaching. If you're planning professional development for the year ahead, or you're looking for keynote presentations from any of my books, please email me at will at williamdparker.com. Thank you for learning together today. And thanks again for doing what matters.